that was a very, for me, difficult moment, in part because my son was just graduating high school, so he's like 18, 19 years old, and John Crawford was in his early 20s, and it was so close to home that it kind of induced a kind of fear and paralysis for my son and for my family. And so I wrote this poem. Um, my family was also involved in being part of vigils and other things to try and bring awareness around what happened. So that's where this poem started. Uh, the second poem that I'll read was around the same time when a man named Sam DeBose was um, shot by a campus police officer at the University of Cincinnati. And I'll talk about that one. To our progeny, I have no poem for today, just a bowl of persimmons ripening on our kitchen counter and some photocopied handbills, hashtag justice for John Crawford, trapped beneath the refrigerator magnet next to the to-do list. Empty the trash, grade papers, transfer money, grab some broccoli, pick up the dog shit. We get to every vigil late, or not at all, because the act of living daily insists on interfering. That's what injustice needs, right? The act of living transformed into quotidian distraction. I want to be Maya-esque for you. Wordsmith healing and craft a crisp phrase for you to carry in your pocket. Certainly you, like me, are angry, grieved, vexed, numb. We're searching for the words that will make any of this seem better. But I have no poem for you today. I just have breath, just breathing. If my breath could travel across time, I'd whisper, maybe yell. I'd yell this message to our great-great-grandbabies. Know who you are. Listen to my voice. I've been speaking to you for a hundred years before your conception. Know who you are, babies. Kiss your own palms and send love coursing through your own veins. Know who you are. You come from people who could fly, whose dreams manifest as music, whose love for you, whose love for you binds you to the daily act of breathing. Breathe. Babies, breathe. The second poem um, is titled Den Opfern, which means the sacrifice in German. 
I was in Frankfurt and there was a statue of a woman um, that was created many, many, many years ago, decades ago, and it honors all of the mothers who lost sons on any side during World War I. And that image kept coming to my mind when I heard about the indictment of the police officer who killed Sandra Bose in Cincinnati. Didn't opt for him. I find no joy in any of this. The pendulum keeps swinging, numb to dumbfounded, to sadness, to anger, and back again. I can only write at night. In the daylight hours, my daughter, she deserves my smile, my laugh, a childhood. She is a loving distraction. I text my eldest son. My phone keeps auto-correcting. Mothers to mourners. Loving to living. He doesn't reply. In Frankfurt, a stone mother, bare and contorted, grips one breast. Her hand calls milk to let down. She is a monument for the dead. Milkless for decades, my memories remember the suckling and the flow of tiny needles pricking my breasts from heart to nipple. An indictment does not put milk into a mother's breast or nourishment into a baby's mouth. Try not to hold my breath. I text my son. He doesn't reply. I press my breath. I referred to my son a few times. Um, because as I mentioned at that time, about five years ago, um, he was really in the forefront of my mind. Um, I know a couple of you here are parents, and those of you who aren't can relate a little bit that when your child is leaving the nest, yes. it's very stressful. Like when your kid is going off to college or is moving out your house, you just are asking yourself, have I made the right decisions? Have I taught them the things they need to know? Is the world going to be hard on them or gentle? You know it's going to be all of that. I wrote this poem when my son was a senior in high school. If all were right with the world, he'd be naked most of the time or at least in his underwear. It's been like this since childhood, when he'd wrap t-shirts round his neck and leap from living room stairs and railings while I ran round pulling down blinds, closing curtains, yelling, boy, go get decent. Stop flitting around windows where the neighbors can see you. In the womb, 
the technician couldn't get an ultrasound. You're gonna have to work to keep up with this one. He won't stop moving. They couldn't peg his sex, cause he wouldn't be still. At least, not until he had grown so large, my womb could find him. Today, he's all muscle and sinew, and some would say swagger. A no longer boy and not yet man, you'll find him most contented on the field. Cradling the stick in one hand, he dodges defenders, breaking ankles with his speed. There, sometimes, my boy flies. And I watch others watch him. They gasp, they reel, they wail. They want him to score. They want to win. I, I want that moment, that twinkling, when he's reached the zenith and he's a celestial body in motion, I want that moment to freeze. He is happy there, not earthbound, breaking the universe's rules. He's free. I want him to fly if that's his desire. But I'm so terrified. I know with flying, there's landing. And I know that vulnerable instant when toes touch ground and an unexpected check can rock the balance. I want to catch him. I'm watching him now. He's in the air. He's beautiful. I should have named him Mercury. Swift, erratic, he'll land. Without me, he'll land. so much because um, I know I told you guys in the past that my son passed away. So all of those poems were written before he passed away. And um, to begin to write again was a very, a, literally a very difficult thing. I, I wasn't able to write words. Like I couldn't look at a screen and type words, I couldn't. I would write a word and it would be spelled wrong, which for me is out of order. Like It's not something that I ever had a problem with before. So this is something that I wrote. Um, I wrote this seven days after he passed away. And I had to really work hard to be able to get the words down. And I will just read it.
The first thing to go after your son dies is punctuation. Commas and end marks specifically. Spacing and spelling soon thereafter. Words tumble over each other, words rumble over each other, over the computer, not knowing what to autocorrect and what to leave alone for weeks. And I didn't cry this morning. I opened my eyes, just opened them, no tears, no realizations, like it was just happening again and 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 again. I opened my eyes and it it was just real. Evan is dead, I think. I think. Am I backtracking to the disbelief of the first few minutes after they stopped pumping his heart for him? When his hand was just as pliable, when it was just as pliable and warm as it had been the few hours before when I hugged him, when for an hour all I could do was put my ear to his dead chest and my face near his dead nose and my lips kissing his dead feet and rubbing my living hands on my own fucking alive head and repeat, I see this but I don't believe this. I don't accept this. This, this is not real, but it is real. Is it, is he really dead? Are you sure? I don't believe this. Why can't I scream? Are you sure? Are you sure? Are you sure? At least the question marks have returned though the questions were and are pointless. Thanks for listening. Um, I have one other poem that I'd like to share with you, if you can wait about 60 seconds. So I'm working on a series for the last year and a half. I just, I write. I write as much as I possibly can. I write anything that comes to my mind. I keep lists on my phone. I have journals, everything. And I want to create an anthology that chronicles dealing with grief because unfortunately, we're all losing somebody at some point that we really love if we haven't already. And sometimes the person you love, it's so shocking that it's so helpful if there's somebody else who's been through it that you can look at what they went through. Um, But like I said in the beginning, it was really difficult to write. And so what I want to end with is a poem which was the first poem that I wrote after you passed away. What I just read to you, it was something that I wrote. I didn't consider it a poem. It was just things that I put on the page. But this was the first thing, poem that I wrote, and I felt like I will be able to write a poem again. Thank you, God. I will be able to write a poem again. This one is called Love at Work. Stop. Stare at the sun. Scorch your retinas.
spend the rest of your days seeing with your hands, place finger pads on faces, palms on jaws and chins to know who we are. Rub pimples and lashes, knead fleshy lips and brows. Finger seeing is like sculpting clay that's already set. Finger seeing is creation in reverse. Not destruction, not destruction. Creation from creation. <coughs> Work at love. Thank you guys. I really appreciate you listening. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Ooh, I got some finger snaps. All right. <laughs> Thank you guys so much. I appreciate it. I would do the phone to his own family.